Can you hear me now? Come on. Um, down below, fine. I'll be on with the people. You know God uses Verizon, right? Come on. So I'm talking to God about sending it the iPhone on the Verizon network because he likes Verizon so much. I'm just saying. Let me get set up here. Okay, let me start with a fun story, though, uh, real quick. Where are they at? Hi, everybody. It's been a while. It's been a while. Where's Lou at? Where's Lou and Rita at? Are they here tonight? They make it? Hey, guys. And uh, your nephew. I'm not going to say anything because I messed it up. I want to share a fun story. We're at Lou and Rita's My, I love them deeply. I've known Rita for a lot of years, and Lou met a few years back on a cruise, and that's where they met. And now they're married, happily married, and, and I love them both deeply. Very deeply. And Rita said uh, her nephew was in town from Finland. And could we come by for dinner and just, just hang out? And Lou's a, a, a phenomenal cook. And I'm a barbecue man. I can grill the best. But that man can cook exquisitely. And so he made this rack of lamb and these Puerto Rican beans and Puerto Rican rice and this amazing, oh yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> this, this amazing salad. We just, we just got down. We just dug in. And, and we had actually we prayed for a nephew, and, and he's a 17-year-old, beautiful, handsome, amazing young man. When I first saw him look in his eyes, the Lord just gave me love in my heart for him. Like, it was just family already. And so at some point, we decided we'd pray with him, and the Lord just put in my heart that he just wanted to just engulf him with his presence. Just just ravage him with his presence, and let him just feel his presence. And, and maybe he knows the Lord, he don't know the Lord, I don't know the story. But we just prayed for him, let us pray for him. And I tell you what, the Lord came so strong in that house, didn't he? It was amazing. And we broke off that for a little bit. Then I felt going back more again, leaving more, praying for more. And then Angela went back and prayed for him for more. And at one point, he said, I can't even think. <laughs> and we're having pie. We're having dessert. He said, no, no, I just want the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I don't want no dessert. I don't want no pie. And it was good pie. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit broke out in a holy laughter in the house. And we must have laughed together for, what, half an hour, 45 minutes. We just broke out laughing and, and giggling acting like total, complete drunk people. Come on. Now, how would how like the Holy Spirit show up to your dinner with your friends and have a blast, have a Holy Spirit party? No hangover. No side effects. Well, there's a side effect. You become more free. That's the one side effect. So, have parties invite the Holy Spirit to come in. I haven't shared in a while from the platform here because... As my schedule came up to preach, I really felt I had nothing to say. And we're breaking around this other time. I said, hey, the dates are open. Can you, can you speak? And I said, no, nah, I'll wait till September sometime. And the Lord said, why are you keep pushing it out? And he said, uh, well, I said, I haven't really say this, but I do. And I guess I kind of went through a phase where I didn't feel, I don't want to say the word worthy enough to speak, but I just really felt there's been a, just a deeper calling in my life to go deeper place, Lord, for more deeper healing, more personal healing that's happening. And so I want to say that uh, you hear something that my testimony, my, my story, I don't preach, I, I, I share life experiences. And in that, people get hit somehow by God. So I'm going to share some life things I've gone through in, lately, but the Lord started dropping this message on me this week. And you're going to hear some of that. So the message, let's see if I get these both computers synced up or not. Matt, you got that going right there? I'm trying to run two computers at one time with one remote, and there we go. Let's call perspectives. How do you perceive things? How do you see things? And there's only a couple, of, there's many of different perspectives we can look at, but I mainly want to focus on two perspectives tonight. What is perspective, though? The state of one's ideas, the facts known to one, and having a meaningful inner relationship. And I can't bring that, in having a meaningful inner relationship. I read that over and over again. Like, wow, that's what Papa, isn't it? That's having a meaningful inner relationship with Papa. And with that, I want to talk about two particular perspectives. And one's going to be God's perspective of his children, us, our situations, and how he sees others. Now, this is a big topic, and you probably spend weeks with the Lord. He just dropped this this week on me. But you probably spend weeks and do some kind of six months teaching on it. So I'm just going to give you some nuggets tonight. Is that fair enough? Because I only have about two hours to preach. I do talk fast, but I'll fit it in. So I'm going to take about 30, 40 minutes with you. 
if I go over, just let me know. And just share what God kind of put in my heart. This is a very raw, rough message, okay? It just came in this week. But it's some of the stuff that's been stirring my spirit for a while. So let's just, let's just see how God perceives us a little bit. And some of you heard from Brent this last week. The second perspective is going to be ourselves. How do we see ourselves? How do we see others? How do we see other situations? How do we see our situations? There's a third perspective, the enemies. He only comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he is a defeated foe. So we're not going to focus on that tonight. We're not giving him platform. Okay? Fair enough? He is a defeated foe. And that's the truth we need to get from here to here in different aspects of our lives. Okay. Whose perspective is influencing your destiny? Is it your perspective? Is it God's perspective? Is the enemy's perspective? Who is driving you to your destiny? Who are you, whose eyes are you looking through when you look at life circumstances? I want that to sink in just for a minute because God has done me a lot on this in, in lately and more so the last couple of days. How are you really seeing things, son? How are you seeing things? But right now, we'll spend just a little bit of time on God's perspective. That's the most important one. Looking at a few of God's perspectives. Let's take Genesis 1, 26-28. God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature. So they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth, God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. And then he told us, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Make them reflecting our nature. We have God's nature. We need to really just stop for a second and pause. I want to stop and pause and look at all of you because I'm looking at God's creation. I am experiencing a beautiful thing before my eyes right now. You are, I'm looking at God's nature right now in this room. This is nothing little. This is huge. God's nature is amongst us right now and every one of you. Look to your neighbors. Look around you. You are experiencing God's nature on earth. Come on. This is how serious this is. This is very serious. He made you godlike with a little G. You know, I used to tell my daughter, I say, I have this beautiful daughter, and I used to tell her, well, I'm OG. I'm old school. I'm OG. I'm an OG. She says, Yeah, Dad, you're an old goat. I said, That was good. <laughs> That was good. She's learning. She, she, we, we like cracking up each other. We can't. But he says we reflect his nature. You reflect God's nature. And then it says God blessed them. We're always looking for God's blessings, right? But he already did it. He did it at the beginning of time when he created us. He says God blessed them. We're blessed. And I know I'm talking a place I need to get to still. But he said, I blessed you. We have every blessing we'll ever need. There is no more to get. It's God. God spoke it. It is. So whose perspective are we looking through when we're looking for blessings? Because we have it. God blessed us when he's created us. Then he said, prosper. Sons and daughters, I want you to prosper. I want you to reproduce. I want you to fill the earth. And I want you to take charge. 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 There was no age, no social status, no gender, just a command. Son, daughter, take charge of the earth. 
He didn't say you have to be a Baptist, a Protestant, a Pentecostal, a Holy Roller. He just said, take charge. If you're my son, you're my daughter, take charge. We could meditate on this thing for years and years. This scripture right here, these, these two scriptures. If we just got the revelation, really got it, if we get it, when we got it, get it, what can we really do? And make and be history changers, be world changers. Like the apostles. Because when they're disciples, they were getting the stuff from Jesus. Okay, Jesus, I hear you. I got it. I got it. We're doing some of the stuff. But when Jesus passed was resurrected, something shifted. And they took charge. They had no more doubts, no more fears. Life wasn't important as we know it to them no more. They took charge. So, but what happened? Man fell. But God said, Don't worry, I had that figured out. I knew you would. So he brought me to the story, brought us Jesus. Brent touched on this the other day, last week. So, so God said, This. I'll take care of that for you. So he co-crucified us. He co-buried us. And he co-resurrected us. So we could take charge. So we no longer have a sin nature. And Brent really on that last Saturday through the baptisms. But guess where we are now? He talked about this. We are co-seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ, our big brother. We're seated with him right now. But at the same time, we're here on earth. And I don't know how that works, but I believe Jesus. I don't fully understand it, but I know it's true. But I kind of know why. I can't tell you how, but I'm going to share you a couple of whys. Because see, before me and my wife took off to a family reunion in Mississippi to see my parents and all the people down there, we, we really felt led to go to, to Community of Grace Church, to their conference. And I'm so glad we got there for a couple of days. It was your, it's, it's exercising your birthright in Christ, exercising your birthright in Christ conference. It was July 12th, the 17th, Community of Grace Church. Pastor Rodney Hope, who is a nut and a half, I love that man. Oh, he's awesome. He's funny. He said this. Jesus declared the kingdom, and Jesus demonstrated the kingdom. That's part of the why. We're seated in heavenly places. When Jesus was here, he declared the kingdom, and he demonstrated the kingdom. Sometimes he demonstrated the kingdom first, and then declared the kingdom. So check this out. Matthew 10.1. And having summoned his 12 disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. And to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. That's declaration and demonstration right there. Luke 9, 1 through 12. And he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. Matthew 10, this is, this is one of my life scriptures. And as you go. Preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. What hands are you talking about? Our hands. The kingdom of heaven is at your hands right now to release wherever you go. As you go. As you go. As you go. As you go to the grocery store. As you go to work. As you go to school supernatural. As you go to whatever, dentist office. As you go. As you go to the bathroom in the public place, preach safe. I'm telling you, you, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so heal the sick. He didn't say call me to heal the sick. He says you heal the sick. Sometimes I hear people say this, and I say it myself. Well, Jesus, Jesus, when I did it, no, Jesus says you heal the sick. I've given you authority to heal the sick. Go heal the sick. But we're so worried about stealing Jesus. Listen, we're not being able to steal glory from Jesus. Jesus is very secure in who he is. Last I checked. We're the ones that are insecure. You do heal the sick. You're called to heal the sick. 
You're called to cleanse the lepers and raise the dead and cast out demons and freely you receive this, give it away. John 4, 12. Truly I say to you, he who believes in me, which is Jesus, the works that he does, did you also do. But greater works than me you shall do because he went to the Father. Jesus said you will do greater works than me. And we're starting to hear reports about that around the world, aren't we? We're doing some crazy things even here in the Bible. We're here, we're living in the time of the greater things. And people, what we're hearing is just a glimpse. It's just a glimpse of what he's pouring out and the increasing of it. But what's up with our perspective? What are we focused on? What are we seeing? What are we concentrating on? Me? Sometimes finances. And I lose perspective. It takes my edge off. Could be my wife and I had an intense fellowship time. <laughs> you ever told me you intense fellowship? We don't argue or anything like that. But it can change your perspective sometimes. You're not seeing through God's eyes. And I'll tell you this freely. Listen, I've never had someone teach me how to be a husband. The examples I have weren't good examples. I love my mom and dad. I bless them. We're close. And they're still married for 53 years. But they weren't great role models. And I don't mean that in a harsh way. They didn't, we don't have a whole lot of great role models in the church. I found a couple that I love a lot to be on Brent and Suzanne. I see how he loves his wife. So God is teaching me how to be a husband. He's breaking old minds where I have to be the provider. I get stuck in that. We had talked about the other day. I get stuck in that. I got to be the provider. I got to be the provider. He said before we got married, you're not the provider. God is. But I still in that mindset, that, 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 that vision of, but I got to. But he's breaking that. So, he, so I can be the husband he wants me to be, the husband I think I'm supposed to be. And it's two different pictures, two different perspectives. And I'm a great guy. This guy. But I got, it. I got stuff God's working on. I got stuff God's working on. He's saying, bless my heart. So we are to declare the kingdom, we're to demonstrate the kingdom in love. Just because you have all truth don't mean you're right. I'm going to say it again. Just because you have total truth don't mean you're right. Do you get somebody total truth without God's love on it? It might come across as judgment. It might come across as cursing. You might just blast somebody out of the kingdom. You might just crush somebody so devastatingly. When I first came to Blazing Fire, I want to say seven years ago, something like that, I was moving to signs and wonders and power. Bam, 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 bam. That's the name of the game. That's where God grabbed me. That's the way I do things. That was it. It was a done deal. And I remember about the first year, Brent said, you know what was amazing about you? I said, yes, this year you learn the love of the Father. You learn how to minister in love. And that just, I was so grateful to learn what the Father's love looked like and felt like. Because see, it was no more assignment just to see somebody healed or be healed in the name of Jesus and they got healed. But there was just no love. There was all just power. But when I can minister in love now, maybe I want to do something different than just that. See, sometimes physical healing is the manifestation of something deeper. So, boom, I get the physical healing, but I wasn't dealing with the heart issues or the emotions that God wanted to deal with. So now I can minister to the Holy Spirit. What do you really want to do right now? Yeah, I see their ankles messed up, but what's really going on? I want to talk to their heart. Whole different type of ministry. So this is our class last year with Georgian Banoff. Come on. Should have been there. Too bad. Ha ha. Come this year. You teach how to declare the kingdom. And how to do it. You want to know how to do it in love? Georgian knows how to love. Brent Locker knows how to love. Lion else is learning how to love. Come on. I do. Acts 2.17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God said, I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Are we in the last days? In the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit on every kind of people. Are we in the last days? So who has God's spirit? 
everybody. Do the Mormons? Do atheists? Do witch doctors? All people have got spirit on them. They just might have been deceived or bamboozled or hoodwinked if you go back in time to the language. And we can bring the truth in love and show them the true love of the Father who really loves them. But he probably spirit on all flesh. So everybody walking has their spirit on them. They just don't know it's his spirit because they haven't met him yet. So the most amazing transformation I've ever seen was somebody from, going from the occult into the kingdom. And they just soar. Because they don't have a grid for supernatural. Yep. Once they get the Father, Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit, it's a done deal. They soar. And they have all that religious stuff on top of them. Just saying. John 3, 16, 17. For God so loved the world. We know the scripture, but do we really know it? God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him should not perish by eternal everlasting life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Romans 5, 18. 5, 8. 5, 8 through 10. But God just said his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were no doggone good, while he had no use for us, he sent his son to die for us anyway. Meditate on that for a minute. We're of no use to him. We're a bunch of heathens. We're creating anarchy everywhere. He says, I love them so much, I'm going to die for them. Bunch of no good, backwards. Down, 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 down. <laughs> but I love them so much, I'm going to die anyway. They could do nothing for me, but I want to die for them because I love them. We can spend that for another year and just meditate in his presence till we get it here in the core. Angela was telling me about, and I might get this wrong a little bit, on Facebook, I think it's Chicago. There's a gay pride parade. And there's your typical religious believers with their signs, with their words, with their things, with disputing hate. Sinners going to hell. Blah, blah, blah. There's these other 30 kingdom Jesus lovers. I think they had t-shirts on. Black teacher said, please forgive us what we've done to you. We are in the, they just spelled it out. We're sorry. Can you forgive us? And there's one, they, they kind of this one float, apparently. It was one float, particular float. And there's one guy's in his underwear doing his thing and engaging. And he sees the t shirts. says, what are you guys talking about? Well, look at them over there. The Christian said, look at them over there. They're hating you. We're sorry they're doing that to you. Well, apparently, this man in the underwear exchanged numbers with one of the guys, and they're meeting for coffee or something like that just to talk. Just to talk. Not to convert them. Not to change them. Guess what? Just to tell me he's loved. And that God loves them. That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to change the world love by love. But it always says, love wins. I know there's times we confront, and there's, 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 there's a healthy, godly way to confront that we're learning. But love wins. Love wins. God is good. Just those few, there's, there's, there's literally multitudes of scriptures that we can go through tonight that show you God is good. Those are just some nuggets I picked out through the week that God dropped in my spirit. That sh- and we can just make him those see how good he really is. He is so good that he loved us when we were just wicked. He's so good, he sent his only son to die so we can have salvation. He is so good. Does God hate sin? Sure he does, but he loves his children that he died to give us back hope. And so we can declare the kingdom and demonstrate the kingdom. Now I know there's a point where somebody has to somehow in their heart, spirit, accept Jesus as the Lord's Savior. I don't know what that looks like. It's not just a bunch of words you say well, sometimes, but it's an experience of an encounter that in many different ways might happen in my apartment. 
where he showed up. But God, because I'm going to next, we got to get this. You got to hear my heart. God is good. We don't. I, I, I don't even know how good yet. But I'll keep saying to myself and saying to myself and saying to myself and being around people like that until it just becomes part of my foundation as my foundation is being broken up and changed. Because, see, Graham Cook said, when you do well, God approves of you. When you do bad, God accepts you. The view you hold of God is directly linked to how you will live out your life. You know, Grandpa came to chemo training. Should have been there. It was awesome. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Had two-hour lunch with him. I'm trying to provoke a holy jealousy. Graham Cook. But he's just a man. But he's an awesome man. He's a son of God. I love him because he's God's child. I love you because you're God's child. There's nothing wrong with that. Jesus is big enough to share the spotlight with Graham Cook and us because Jesus is secure. So when I say Graham Cook is awesome, Blaine's awesome, you're awesome, you're my hero, I'm not taking away from Jesus. I'm telling Jesus what a fine job he's done. We have to get rid of this false humility stuff. We want to speak truth to each other's lives. I mean, I'm not preaching to the choir, but I'm preaching to me too. But I'm going to go somewhere with you in this. So hold on with me. Because see, perspectives, looking at a few of our perspectives. When you look in the mirror, do you see Jesus? Do you see selfishness sometimes? Sometimes I do. This woman who's been caught in adultery, Jesus is his hand to her. Are you one throwing rocks? Or are you the one that's Helping her up and say, God loves you. I was reading on Sensical Gate online today, and there's this woman in one of the uh, Muslim countries who is sentenced to be stoned to death because she's caught in adultery. And so Brazil is reaching out saying, Let us have her if you don't want her. If you know she's no good to you, let us have her then. That was awesome, but what bothered me as I read that little article is how come the man wasn't mentioned? Even in the Bible story, the man wasn't mentioned. We need to bring equality to the world. God said, I made man man and woman in my image, and we both carry the glory of God. So we need to tell these women who they are. I love that. There's times I look in the mirror, I see Jesus in certain situations. There's times I look in the mirror, I don't see Jesus in other situations. But I'm always before him. Lord, shape me, mold me, improve me, break me, wreck me, challenge me. And sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it hurts when he shows you some of the stuff that you picked up along the way as a child to adulthood that he wants to remove. Because you get to look at your ugly self sometimes, which is not who you are, but what you perceive to be true. It was hidden and buried, but when God shows you, something happens. He removes it quickly, too. Or sometimes you get help through a sozo, or many sozos, some of us have, or some God encounters to get free from some of those wrong perspectives. But how do you see yourself? How do you view others that aren't like you, that don't believe in God, that hurt people? How do you view? Are you using your perspective or using God's perspective on how he views things? This, this is where I want to go. Tragedies, trials, tribulations, tests. What do we do with this? Danger will rob us from danger, 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 danger. How many of you remember lost in space? And I put that just to break the ice up a little bit because I, I know in a culture we live in, this amazing culture of love and honor and grace and call it the glory. And, and, and we don't always, and I'm talking about, not believe on fire, just in general, the, the river itself, the big river we're in, that's ever increasing. We don't talk about tragedies and trials and tribulations and, oh, and tests. And I'm not speaking that over nobody here. 
But for me, I've gone through tragedies, trials, and tribulations, and I've gone through some tests, too. So God has me in the book of Job right now. The life of Job. Oh, my God. Nobody wants to talk about Job. That's the cursed book of the Bible, Job. You know, I come to find out, it's an amazing book. Oh, my gosh. The book is amazing. I'm reading one by, I'm reading my Bible a version. I'm reading a, a commentary by Chuck Charles Wendell, which is amazing, by the way. This man's writing is phenomenal. I had no clue. This book is speaking to me like you wouldn't believe. Now, this is where I'm at. God has taken me through these tragedies of this man's life, and oh my gosh, what a worshiper he was. He is such a worshiper and such a lover of God. But he's in the book of Job. And I'm, and I'm enjoying it. I'm not feeling bad. I'm not feeling sad. I'm not feeling scared. I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, I'm getting to know you in a whole new way. You're, you're declaring yourself, you're showing me a different part of you I never met before. Like those, those, those people around the throne room saying, glory, oh, you know, glory, glory. Every time they, they see something new about God, new aspect never saw, I'm seeing a whole new aspect of God I've never seen. A whole new aspect. It's really a beautiful book. I'm, I'm telling you, I know it sounds crazy. Maybe I'm just crazy. But I know that, but let me say this, let me, let me, let me, let me put this out there. This is what I truly believe. Bill Johnson, Job is the question, Jesus is the answer, and Jesus is perfect theology. This I agree with, 100%. If you don't see your pastor, Bill Johnson, of the Bethel Church, our parent church, I, I totally, 100% believe that. If it doesn't fit in the life of Jesus, it doesn't fit at all. But I read my Bible, too. And he's, talk, he's talking about something totally different. But I'm talking about when tragedy knocks on your door, if it does, and I said it will, but if it does, that these people need to be able to come here. And when they can't feel the joy of the Lord because there's so much pain, and they can't laugh and roll around and scream and hallelujah because they don't know where they're at and can't hear God's voice. They don't need a hundred people telling them what the Lord is saying. They just need somebody to put their arm around them and just sit with them sometimes. I don't understand what you're going through, but God loves you, and I love you too. If anything, let me know. Because see, Job lost his wealth, his home, ten kids, and his health. He had some friends come around to give him some wise counsel. Some very wise, godly counsel. Job, you're not fasting enough. Job, what did you do wrong? Job was a righteous man, not a perfect man, but he loved God deeply and fully. Job, you're not in a secret place long enough. That's why this happened to you. You need more time in a secret place, Job. That's your problem. You're, you're disconnected somehow, Job. I can count on one hand, my son passed away, or he's going through his illness. On one hand, the people I really listened to, they gave me some very good counsel. And one was Mary Jo, on a few occasions. I know she's here somewhere, and thank you for that. I take her word very seriously to heart. There's a few people that really spoke to me in my life when my son passed. These people need a place to come to. Blazing Fire, I'm not talking about Blazing I'm talking about in general in the river, to be able to come and just be abandoned and messed up and broken and not feel that they're cursed or they've done something wrong or they don't fit in or they don't get it. They just need to be loved and respected and space to grieve. Because I'm telling you something, tragedies do happen. See, Jesus restored us. We're restored. And I believe for God is good no matter what. But I know there's a fallen world out there and stuff poo poo happens. <laughs> so I want to spend this next year. My, my goal, my, my, my commitment, because I think the Lord's put this on my heart, is to really understand how good it really is. 
Because I want my life to change. I want my life to change drastically to where his goodness is really to my course. That is my foundation. It is the sum piece of it on all pieces yet. And I've been saved, what, nine years? But I want that to be my core. God is good. Not from a head point and heart point, but a foundation itself. Because look what Paul went through. Man, look what he went through. That guy got jacked up. As my friend told me, he went out every day to get it. He got himself, well, I won't get my butt kicked today. But he didn't get shaken. He didn't get shook. That's a new word. Write that down. Shook. He didn't get knocked off the mission. See, his destiny was heaven. That's your destiny. It's heaven. But what your mission is, is to declare the kingdom and demonstrate the kingdom. That's your mission. Destiny's heaven. Mission is to declare the kingdom and demonstrate the kingdom. All this stuff is just filler. Houses, cars. Kids teaching us to do the same thing. Declare the kingdom. Demonstrate the kingdom. Destiny's heaven. But we can bring heaven to earth, too. I want to share how good God is. But I want to say this first. First Peter 5, 10, But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To me, that that says, to me, that in a hard time, Jesus is there, and he will be there with you. James 1, 12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. First Corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation has overtaken you, except such is as common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But the temptation will also make the way of escape. That you may be able to bear it. So sometimes in the temptation, we need God's perspective and not ours. A couple more. Because I know these aren't the final scriptures. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And we're sitting in heavenly places with Jesus, and he's in us, and I don't get all that worse, but wow. <laughs> Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Nope. Or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Nothing will separate you from God and Jesus because he loves you that much. Nothing. Now I want to talk about your spiritual life. You have the natural and the practical versus the supernatural. And that is the tension. That's the tension I live in. I have the practical and natural, I have the supernatural, and one day God came in my life and put his supernatural on my practical and natural life. It's like the wonders broke out. And the Old Testament goes from years back that 90%, 95%, I don't remember the numbers no more, 97% of my sales and, sales and marketing department and customer service department came to know Jesus Christ through signs, wonders, and miracles in a secular environment because it broke out. The supernatural became natural in my everyday life. Where I was getting phone calls where people call me at work saying, I, I heard about you, can I come to your work so you can pray for me so I get healed? Where invitations were opened up to speak at conferences and people were getting healed. The supernatural was just so natural in my life. I expected everybody to get healed. Did everybody get healed always? No, but a lot did. And a lot didn't. But it didn't matter. The supernatural was real. My gosh, it was real. And it still is. And then it entered a tragedy or a trauma or a tribulation or a test. And the tension is now came a void. I, came, I got started to get a lot of yet butts. And some fear came, some fear came in, and I almost wanted to quit. And I tell you the time I wanted to quit. It was when my son, and you, you know, I, I'm, I'm closing up an old testimony from a year ago to move to this new thing I'm teaching, or speaking on, let's say, experiencing. It was when my son was diagnosed with cancer at 16 in 2008, I think it was. I went home that night, and I was very upset with God. I think I called him every name in the book. I unloaded my shotgun, and I was the blasting God in my room. Mad. How dare you? 
how dare you after everything I've done, gave up and went for and saw you, could, you, you let this happen? What kind of God are you? And I was just hour or two, I don't even know the time, but I, was just, I just let it all out. I said, God, I quit. I don't want you no more. I'm done with you. You don't mean nothing to me. You let this happen. Now, praise God, he's secured himself. And I know he was saying, son, just get it out, boy. Just get it out. Just get it out. Just get it out. And I cry and I weep and I'm not coming on my pillow and I'm angry and my son has cancer. What do you say for cancer? What do you mean? He's prophetic. He's gifted. How can you? And I said, and after I got all that out of me, I said, well, what am I going to do now? Where am I going to go? I don't have too many options. <laughs> if I go back in the world, I know it's waiting for me there because uh, I've done some damage. <laughs> God, I guess I'm kind of stuck with you, huh? <laughs> Can you help me? Because I'm hurting. Because I'm hurting. Because God, I'm hurting. I'm scared. I'm scared. And I love what God told him. And God told me one day, remember this, son. You're his daddy, I'm his father. That may sound harsh to you, but that spoke to me clearly. Wow. You're his dad, but I'm his father. I love him more than you do. And there's something happened in the hospital where I was in there one day, and the peace of God came on me. And I had his perspective for some reason. And I still have the, the fear, and I still have the tears, and all that kind of stuff, but something in my, in my, in my heart shifted. And, and now they, it wasn't about Lonnie Ellis Sr. no more, the dad. It was about my beautiful son who's enduring this. I wasn't enduring it. He's the one enduring it. So now I can minister properly with the right perspective, God's perspective. And those who know my son rot and still rocks in heaven because he's alive in Christ. Now listen, I will never get to hold my son on the side of the cross again. We're, we're used to go uh, eat dinner together, go with shoppers. We love to shop. We love to shop a lot. Love to have a good meal together and just hang out and have fun. I won't do that with him no more than the side of the cross. But God gave me a son for 17 years and trusted me with him. Oh, come on, is that good? Is that good? And God told me how much he loved my son. He loved my son more than I did. And the blessing was, and I know this is a blessing until recently, where me and Andrew in the hospital, and got to watch him to go be with the Lord in his sleep. And we held his hand with his grandmother on his mom's side and his cousin, second cousin. And I don't want to be there for that, but I'm so glad God had me there. So God gave me a new perspective on why he not being here. Now there's times I'll it's been a year, July 3rd. Last July 3rd was a year. We've been gone with Jesus. And, and July 3rd came, and I was, I was excited. Oh, baby, where'd you come? I was, I was happy. I was grateful. I can't explain it. But God, in perspective. And I was looking at these pictures on the slide. I was like, oh, man, remember that time? Oh, man, remember that? Oh, gosh, that time? There's some tears of joy. There's some tears of sadness. But the, the sting of death, the sting of being torn away from my son is gone. So that's why I said this is the conclusion message on that part of my life. Though my son will always be with me in my heart and my memories, and I will share with people about him. As far as preaching, I don't got to let me do it again because I really don't need to. But I want to share with the congregation the walking with him for a year and a half. And I've seen many people here from cancer, healed from cancer. And you know what's funny? I don't know why he didn't get healed. You know what's funnier than that? I don't need to know no more. I don't need to know no more. Because heaven is so real to me now that the day is coming when I'm going to get to embrace him. I don't know what that's going to look like because it's going to be a different kind of person myself. And he goes, Dad, what took you so long? You know, Todd is one of my great friends. And, uh, he wrecked me at our, our elders' meeting. I'm going to share this and tell him. This kind of man taught us. He says, Lonnie, my dad was going to go home and be with Jesus. And I said, hey, Dad, 
There's a young man that didn't lie else. When you get there, you're going to be amazing. He's telling his dad as he's slipping into Jesus about my son. That's the kind of friends you get in the kingdom. It wrecked me, but showed his love for my son and me. They tell his dad, when you get there, look him up. Because <laughs> he's amazing. And I believed it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So when we get up there, they're going to be kicking it. Probably shopping. I hope he can shop in heaven. Because he has all, it's probably going to be free. And listen, I know I got good taste and waiting on money so I can shop the right way. But can you imagine shopping with God up there in heaven and these cool white things you're wearing, gold sparkles? And I'm just saying, God got good taste. God got some good taste. Listen, I, I know some of you lost your houses. Some of you lost marriages. Some of you lost all your money. You lost cars. You lost relationships. You know, the red wrapped up soon. You lost a lot of things. And I have the answers why. Or the words of wisdom to walk you through it. But I, I'll say this for me. I found God in a whole new place in my tragedy. And now I'm a husband. For a year, be years, two minutes, I'll be a husband for a year. I'm trying to find God in that great thing so I can be a good husband. No, I'm sorry. I want to be a godly husband. I'm a good husband. But I want to be a godly husband. And that's my goal this next year to become a godly husband. So I need his perspective. So I'll meet God in a new way again. So my, my, my goal for this year is to know God, how good he really is, and become, and become my foundation all the way across the board as much as possible as he'll let me, if that makes sense. So we'll go to this conference. Give me a few minutes, we'll wrap this up. Go to this conference with Pastor Rodney's, and he's speaking all the stuff I know. The signs, the wonders, the scriptures, and he has a, a very good teaching it. But something in that void is closing all of a sudden. See, I'm still praying for this, still getting healed, but there's just something missing. I remember driving from somewhere, and we're talking about Lonnie Jr. I said, babe, it took a lot out of me. She said, you never said that before. I said, never did, did it. Something was taken. Now, you guys saw me walk it out. And it was amazing how God walked this thing out with me, carried me through it. But there was such a big something missing. That day, that the city start closing. That void, that, yeah, but. I saw him healed, but my son passed away. I saw this death in that person. I saw, but yeah, but God, this over here. And it started closing. The gap started closing. And all of a sudden, this thing that I always got that put me nine years ago engulfed again. And, I, and the lightning's coming, and the electricity's coming, the fire's on me, and, and I see it, and I sense it, and I want it again. Wow. I want it this time. I want it back. It's never gone. And so my friend, at the end of that first night, she says, Ryan, can you pray for me? I have this ring in my ear for, I don't know, it was a few days or a week or whatever. I said, yeah, let me pray for you. I began to pray, and that, that thing closed more. And that fire came, that shit came, and it was, Ugh. yeah, God, this, you're good. And this is not of you. And she got healed. Come on. The ring was gone like that. What is that? Oh, that, oh God, you are so bigger than any disease. And then, and then we're, we're home, we're going to my wife's son's game, and she was, babe, like, we can't go out of this amazing bag. I feel really sick. I'm going upstairs and going to bed, and we're not going to go to the game. And I said, let me pray for you. And I prayed for it. I flipped that thing in me again, and, and she starts going upstairs, and she's going upstairs to bed, and, hey, I feel great. Let's go. He has closed the void. But during that void, I met him in a whole new way. A whole new way. And it really all comes down to our identity. Me and my wife have been talking about a lot the last few days. We know God is good. We're trying to learn our identity in Christ even deeper. So what I'll do is that Pastor Roddy's thing, uh, he had this uh, identity declarations, and uh, they, they spoke to me. And I wasn't doing together, do them together. So what I'm going to do is put some declarations. We're doing line by line as a, as a team, as a, as a, as a family. And, and you're going to get hit in your core, of your core spirit, because they're powerful. So you all stand with me.
Now, can you see him okay? If you're way back, you can't see him. Come up front. You don't want to miss the anointing on this lot because I'm doing it because God is on it. So, I'm going to start it off. Oh, let's do it on three. We'll just start. One, two, three. I am a child of the king. I have been adopted into the family of God with full rights and privileges. I am perfectly loved by my Heavenly Father. I have received Jesus as my Savior and my leader. He has redeemed me from hell. He has given me a new destiny. I am saved by grace through faith and not by my own works. There's more. Jesus delivered me from the domain of darkness. He transferred me into his kingdom. I have been forgiven of all my sins. I am fully acceptable to God. I am co-heir with Jesus. All Jesus bought and paid for is my inheritance. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities. Come on. He climbed over them through the shed of blood. Some of that. Jesus now has all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus has authority over sickness. He has authority over death. He has authority over death. He has authority over the devil. I am united with Jesus. Jesus and I are one. I have been crucified with Christ. Come on, I've been buried with him. I was raised with him. I am seated with him in the heavenly far above all rule, all power, all authority, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also the age to come. Because I am one with Jesus. I am perfectly righteous. I am completely holy. I am a saint. I live above sin because I am prone to righteousness. I am not prone to sin anymore. I am a new creature. The old one is gone. The new has come. Because of my oneness with Christ, I have authority over sickness, over sin, over the flesh, over the demons, over the world. I can resist the devil and he will flee from me. I will displace the darkness. I have a full armor of God. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I will not live with fear. My trust is in the Lord and the power of his might. I can live a victorious life. I am not a victim. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ. I will overcome this world. Because greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. And God is good and he is for me. Come on. That is the good news. That is the good news. Perspectives. Whose perspective is influence your destiny? And I could have went deeper and longer, but I know time, you know, do time things here at the church, but I, I just want to give you something to think about or pray about or, or contemplate. Or I'll give you a hunger to just go a little deeper or hope you're touched. But I want to do this. Sit down for one minute. If, if, you have a, if you have a sickness, I have to pray. We have to pray. If you have a sickness, stand up. This, this is a prayerful house where people get healed. If you have a sickness, stand up. And all people to gather around these people, stand up and lay a hand on them. If you, if you have a sickness going to pray for, lift your hand up. Lift your hand if you need prayer. If you need prayer, lift your hand up. Reach a high, real high so we can see you. Get around them, lay hands on them. Ask where you put their hand up if it's okay to put their hand there. And begin to invite the Lord's presence. Because he's called you to heal the sick. He's called you to raise it. So Jesus, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you're an amazing God that is for us. And Papa, you told us to heal the sick. 
That's what you do. So we take our authority and we release it right now over these lives. We break the spirit of trauma off people right now. We speak the bone structure. We speak the muscles. We speak the tendons. We speak the tumors. We tell them to go now in Jesus' name. We straighten backs where they're unstraight. We replace hips where they need replacing. We speak to knees and we straighten knees out, Lord, where there's no pain. We break that sleep after off in the name of Jesus. And Father, we break that spirit of unforgiveness off your sons and daughters. Holy Spirit, just pray a little more, saints. Just, just go for it. Go at it like you're praying for yourself. Let's just press in for a couple of minutes. Let's press it back. I can't even hear you. Are you guys praying? Come on. This is our family we're praying for. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Papa. Even deeper. If you're starting to feel the Lord's presence, when you raise, if you're starting to feel the Lord's presence, raise your hand. Wave your hand at me. If you're feeling, Lord, okay, Lord is moving. He's moving on people. Raise your hand higher. Okay, Lord, increase your presence. He's moving on people right over here, right back there. Expand yourself, Lord. You're bigger than all this. And we give you permission even more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. No shame, no guilt, no blame. I learned that from a very wise man. Total radical healing in the name of Jesus. More, Lord. Cancer must go in Jesus' name. Glaucoma must go in Jesus' name. Blood ailments must go in Jesus' name. Fibro tumor must go in Jesus' name. ADD must go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Total restoration. Total restoration. Total restoration. Total restoration, Lord. We give you all the glory. We thank you, Lord, for shoulders being healed. We thank you for bone being restored. We thank you for legs growing out. We thank you that you're here. I speak to ears that are closing up. Open those ears in the name of Jesus. Open those ears right back up, Lord. Deafness must go. Forms of deafness must go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's another wave right there. Increase, Lord. Increase. Even more. Even more. Restore eyes, Lord. Where eyes are lost. We speak restoration right now. With eyes in the name of Jesus. New eyes form, Lord. New eyes form in the name of Jesus. Who? Come on. Come on. More, Lord. You're awesome. 